Welcome to another episode of the Diz Explorers podcast. We are recording episode number 30 this week, so moving right along. This week we're going to change courses a little bit. We're going to move away from the parks and the cruises and travel in general. And we're going to talk about the newest trend that Disney seems to be doing on the movie end with doing live-action remakes of some of the classic animated films that we all grew up with and loved and enjoy and that our kids enjoy and that we still enjoy. There's been many that have come out. There's a whole slew of them on the docket, as we were just discussing before we recorded. So as our conversation was was forming and opinions were flying out, we decided we better get started with this before we <laughs> before we spill all the beans and, and nothing's recorded and, and then we have to try to recreate it. So... <laughs> I'm just going to start briefly, and then I'm just going to leave it to all of you guys for a little bit because you have a little more uh, knowledge on this than I do. I have not seen all of the current ones that are out. Uh, other, I've seen the Alice in Wonderland, the first one, and that is it. We had mentioned the 101 Dalmatians that had come out quite a few years ago. I do remember seeing those and those being done well. I've not seen The Jungle Book. I could not get through all of Cinderella just because <gasps> I just couldn't. Uh, it just really didn't do it for me. <laughs> Jungle Book, I just never got to the theater and see, so I, I'm sure I will see that in, in some way, shape, or form, because I did hear that that was well. Uh, well, I do have a vested interest in wanting to watch these films because of they are made by Disney, uh, I... I I don't feel that I have to run right out and and catch them all in the theater. They just don't they don't hook me in that sense. We were going over, like I said, a list of stuff that they, that is in the works, either in some form or on the docket for later down the road. And I was getting more aggravated as they were reading the name. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna open it up to the rest of you and and I'll collect my thoughts later in the episode. <laughs> well, it all began in 2010 with Alice in Wonderland. This particular incarnation of live action remakes where of course Alice goes back to Underland and she forgets her Aliceness. So <laughs> it and it was a clever remake. You know, had Johnny Depp, of course, it, it's a Tim Burton reincarnation. So it ha, it took its own path which made it distinct. So it wasn't just a blanket retelling of the story. And I remember I saw that one in the movie theaters. I've probably seen it once or twice at home, and I enjoyed it. So, and then it took a while, I think, before Maleficent actually came out. Several years. Oh, I forgot about Is Maleficent. That like they... Yeah, that's what I was just looking at. Actually, it was 2014. We actually... Yeah, we believe it or not, over the summer, our church does Wednesday night movie nights, where <laughs> we 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 do we do that. And Maleficent was one of the movies this year talking about betrayal and getting both sides of the story and, and things like that. So the themes were really cool and it took a really neat path, but I liked some parts of Maleficent and other parts were a little bit hard for me to get on board with, but, but I was okay with another take on the, on the movie, even if it's not a take I would have gone. Cause I, I, I'll be honest, Sleeping Beauty, not my favorite movie, not my favorite princess. So I was okay because I wasn't sentimentally attached to Sleeping Beauty. Hmm. Cinderella, I'm attached to Cinderella. <laughs> See, I'll go, I'll go the other way. I Sleeping Beauty is probably one of my more favorite classic Disney movies. Ariel is my favorite uh -huh. princess, but Aurora is definitely up there, even though she doesn't have a giant role in any of these movies. But just for some reason, I just <laughs> took to her for some reason. I enjoyed Maleficent, and I can't stand Angelina Jolie as an actress or as a person. I just, I don't care for her at all. But I think she, she was good in that. Though I think she did very she well, really was. very well in that movie. It was the same thing with Look, with Penelope the Cruz in, had in the job. Pirates movies. I can't stand her either, but I think she did a great job in in uh, 
Oh, I can't think of the name. Shame on me. It's strange on Stranger Tides. One of your pirates movie? On Stranger Tides, yeah. yeah. I couldn't think of it. I wasn't as fond RJ. of the I know, sorry. The rum is kicking in. Um, the fairies kind of reeked of the sisters from um, Hocus Pocus. Yeah, see that part I agree they, with they you. They reminded me a little too much of them. I, I well, was, it was not a super fan of them. It was but. dopey. They were too they were too bumbling and dopey. Like they had one job. Yeah. She doesn't prick her finger on her sixteenth birthday. Yeah. They had one job. I they forgot to feed her as a baby. I know. It really I, stressed me out. <laughs> I, I do yeah, like the whole like, twist that they took. On the story, though, I do like the view that they yeah. had from Maleficent. And, oh, absolutely! And her, you know, befriending her and taking her into that other world of the Moors, and how beautiful it was, and and the whole thing, and then the darkness behind it with with the ending and and the whole thing. I, I mean, I twist on true love's kiss. Yeah, I do enjoy a good twist on true love. It was, it was yeah. I, I mean, it, it was it was good. Like I said, probably because I wasn't attached to the original. And so I, I was think, okay with that. I think this is kind of where I come down on live action remakes in general. If there's if it if it goes in a different way, if it takes some sort of twist on the story. I loved Cinderella. I thought it was wonderful. And it did very much go as a classic Cinderella story, but it was also I don't know. I felt like you got more. There was more character development, um, even with the prince and all that, that there was just, there was more. There was a reason for that movie to be made and that it was telling more of the story, kind of like Maleficent. It's telling more of the story. So when you guys, like I said, when we were talking before we started recording about this ginormous list of movies that are upcoming, I just want to see that trend continue. Make there be a reason for making the movie. Not just right. making money. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with you a hundred percent on that. Like I said, I didn't see all of Cinderella, but it didn't hook me right from the beginning. So I'd like to give it another chance. My kids saw it, and they you really should. They loved it, so I, I can't pass complete judgment on it. It um, has my Game of Thrones people in it too, so that helps. <laughs> I, I think the thing it that really does, yeah. I, I think the thing that bothers me on some of it is with, especially with some of the ones that that were mentioned on the on this list that people now well, yeah we'll get to the whole list we'll get to the list <laughs> yeah. after, but like the jungle book which i heard was very well but it's hard to make a live action remake of something that is a a, a movie that's all animals so to mm-hmm. me it just becomes you have human actors and then the rest is all just cgi, CGI. and green screen which i get that's the trend with 90 percent of movies no matter what the plot is and who's making it nowadays which right. all right i get it everybody likes to see stuff blow up and crazy stunts and this that and the other thing that's fine I, I, like I've said before on this podcast and lots of places I, I like being told a story I like being immersed in a world maybe that's how they have to do it now maybe that's what's more efficient I than still... drawing hand drawing stuff and yeah. building sets and doing things like that but like say like I just think it's a different way to do it I didn't see Jungle Book I, I didn't either but my son saw it he's a teenager and he enjoyed it you know, and he's he loves Disney, so he and he wasn't even sold on it before he went. Right. But he enjoyed it. He, was it? He's like, was it the best Disney movie ever? No. No. But was it good? Was it cute? Was it worth an hour and a half, two hours of your time? Sure. You know, so I, he didn't have too much of a problem with the way the CGI characters came to life because then again, our the kids, the the ones that you know, the families that this is appealing to, like you said. They're used to things like Avatar, things that have heavy CGI, things that, and that's a mode of storytelling that speaks to them. So I'm okay with it. I, I, like I said, I haven't been compelled to go, to watch the Jungle Book yet. Um, maybe I will, but next. So did you know? You... So did you know that's not the first live action version of Jungle Book? Hmm. Right, because the first Christ one was in December in 1994. Hmm. Distributed by Buena Vista Pictures. Yep. Hmm. See, and that's the thing too, right? Because these aren't technically Disney stories; they're they're classic right. tales. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, definitely. So, well, see, that's the other thing. I think people either forget that, or people who don't know the history of the original movies or where these stories came from. Yeah, that none of these right. are original to to Walt Disney. To Disney. They're, they're adapt. Yeah. They're 
adaptations of stories that are hundreds of years old yeah. or are Lewis taken Carroll, from right. You know, yeah, Alice in Wonderland has been, has been done many ways, different books and different movies over the years. It's just when Absolutely. when the Disney name is attached Tom Petty to it, did it. Come on. That's right. <laughs> Tom Petty did Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> it, it's just when the Disney name gets attached to it and, and the hype machine gets th- gets fired up mm-hmm. is when the expectations and oh, I'm losing I can't think of the word <laughs> is when the expectations are just are just higher everything gets brought to another level because Disney does mm-hmm. everything at another level they're known for their intricacy and their attention to detail so when it just seems like they're just slamming out movies because they know people are going to they're just going to get butts and seats and people are going to buy well, the DVDs and and rent them on I everything I mean I get it that's why they're that's why they're in business, but quality I was over quantity. Was 2010. Maleficent wasn't until 2014. Then Cinderella and then Jungle Book. So they're looking to they, they're picking up the pace. And then there was Alice in Wonderland too, but I don't really count that. That's like a reboot slash sequel. That's its whole other graveyard of movies. <laughs> yeah, I so, didn't but even. Now, <laughs> but now we are out of the realm of the released and we're into the realm of the theoretic because theoretical because beauty and the beast comes out next year then there's which i am like super geeked out about because as as much as i am not i I have a hard time reconciling the fact that i'm not a fan of this list of 18 18 potential live action remakes but yet i've enjoyed the ones that they've done so far so i can't blame them because i've enjoyed them they've done a good job with them have they done a great job with them? Eh. They've, they've all had Depends. great moments. They've had great moments. I, I want to see an Oscar-worthy remake. And maybe, given the source material, Beauty and the Beast might be the one. Right. Because Beauty and the Beast... The casting is on point. It, it is phenomenal. So I am definitely looking forward to seeing the... British remake of an American cartoon from a French story. So, <laughs> did I get that one right? I think so. Which is yeah. to be released, which will be released on St. Patrick's Day. There you go. Oh my You're goodness. welcome. I know, right? uh, I'll be in Disneyland when they release it. Oh, perfect. I'm sure there'll be a red carpet party there. You can attend Milford. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but so that one, yeah, the, the casting Everything, the previews I've seen so far, everything is telling me I'm going to love this movie. Um, And this is one that will probably get me into the theaters where Maleficent did not, Cinderella did not, Jungle Book, I still haven't seen that one on DVD. But I think Beauty and the Beast will actually get me into the theater. Which takes us to Mulan 2018. Unless we still still talk about Beauty and the Beast. but. Uh, I don't know. Mulan, I guess if they took a different, uh, maybe they can take a different direction with that. As Did you see, or do any of you guys watch Once Upon a Time? I uh, do. I never got into it. Did you like Mulan on Once Upon a Time? No. Me either. She was a little too dimensional. But yeah, <laughs> I think that was the actress's fault, though. Not, well, some of the writing. I love Once Upon a Time, but it's like a, it's a guilty pleasure. It's not going to win any Emmys or anything. So, you know what I mean? She was a very two-dimensional warrior princess kind of character on Once Upon a Time. So it took... uh, (laughs) Not even that interesting. (laughs) It took the character that my daughter actually loves from the cartoon, from the animated movie, and oh, it was just not a good... Good... um, It might have been the casting, it might have been the writing. Something went amiss. There's been a few of those in that show. Yeah, but they can take they can take risks on that show. I think the budget yeah. probably allows them to do <laughs> Yeah. Um, but so it shows that, you know, at least they're thinking of different ways to portray Milan. I, I don't know. I think that one I, I want I want to be excited about that one. But we don't really have any details other than it's two thousand eighteen. So we don't even have a month for a director. <laughs> oh my list says November. Yeah, I see November. Oh, I see November buried at the bottom of a paragraph. There we go. But we do have directors for a couple, right? 
We do. Yeah. The Little Mermaid has, well, I don't know if they have a director, but they have Lin-Manuel Miranda working on the soundtrack. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yes. The blurb I have does not have a director, but it does say Alan Menken will be working on some of the soundtrack as well. So okay. we'll have the original composer as well as, of course, the writer of Hamilton will be working on this. And we're going with probably 2019 on that. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, here's my other question. Was the Jungle Book, because I haven't seen it either, was it considered a musical? And will Beauty and the Beast be considered a musical? Or Because you're talking about the soundtrack and... Beauty and the Beast, yes. I would, I, I think I would think so. I think there is actual singing going on. Yes. Okay. Just curious. Because when I think um, Cinderella, that I mean, she sang a little bit at the end, but there's not... It's songs. not a musical. Yeah. Well, the, the animated one wasn't really either. I mean, there were songs in it, but I, I wouldn't consider that one compared to some of the newer ones, like like Frozen. Frozen is a friggin' musical. Back to front. Right. I oh, mean, jeez. Yeah. Well, it was composed by Broadway. No, I know. But... <laughs> so, yeah, that one, it was, it's supposed to be. But they're not, they, just because they all have music and strong scores doesn't mean they're musicals. Right. So, but, um, let me go off on a, on a different look at this, only because it just popped into sure. my mind. So, these all started out as animated features, started out as books, mm-hmm. however you want to look at it. Now, I've gone and seen some of the Broadway renditions of all of these and thought that they were all done very well. So now, are those considered live action? What, the Broadway performances? Yeah. I think it's a different genre altogether. Because... I... Yeah, because... I mean, we could talk about the trend of Disney and Broadway. I mean, they've got a you know a great tradition with Mary Poppins and The Lion King, and even just the Beauty and the and Beauty and the Beast obviously was on Broadway. But even if you just want to take it down to the theme park level, the Beauty and the Beast stage show at Hollywood Studios is fantastic. Oh, it's a great show. I like that show. So, and you know, then there's Finding Nemo the musical, which I actually really enjoy. That's my guilty pleasure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know. It, 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 to an extent, Festival of the Lion King is its own musical extravaganza. Is it a musical? No, but it is very heavily rooted. The music is very important. There are live singers throughout a, the performance. It's a festival. It's a festival. It's not just a musical. It's not just, it's like right. a musical slash Cirque du Soleil thing. But all of these are based on these same stories, these same movies. I, I, but I do think they're in their own category. Okay, I was just wondering because I I would consider sure. because to to my point earlier with having live actors instead of CGI doing animals and and, and such, The Lion King on Broadway, which I was lucky enough to see, I don't think anything could top that. I mean, <laughs> the actors well, I... and the actresses, the st- the stage design, and it could be a whole other episode, but I just quickly just want to say yeah, that the, that show was the ridiculous of live the- well the experience of live theater is multi-sensory yeah but beauty and, the, get that, beauty and the beast i fell it. asleep during i never even saw the whole show i fell asleep on, on the show on Broadway. no, soul. no i i <laughs> like i like the one in the park i love you because it hits yes. the high points beauty and the beast isn't one of my favorite movies it doesn't like i like mm-hmm. maurice and and you know the the part with Gaston is, makes me laugh, but uh, I mean, it's you know, if that movie's on on TV on Disney Channel and something, I'll pass by that one. It just, I don't know, it never doesn't take to me like like the other ones did, like Aladdin and Little Mermaid. Well, I, I think you're going to find that Beauty and the Beast, probably Aladdin, and The Lion King, and probably Little Mermaid, are going to follow the storyline of the animated feature, but musically they're going to follow the Broadway stuff. That's not, that's fine. I can kind of do that's with what that. I'm, that's what I'm understanding with Beauty and the Beast. I can't speak to the other ones because they're not in production yet. Right. But Beauty and the Beast, at least, I think musically they're going to be based on the, on the Broadway show. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it, it's kind of confusing. Yeah. Well, the Aladdin musical was fantastic. And they had some songs in there that were originally intended for the movie, but that were dropped. And they right. used, and they used them for the uh, Broadway show. I mean, that, that show was phenomenal. I was right up there with well, the Lion Beauty King. Well, Beauty and the Beast had that, too. So did Lion King. Right. Yes, Lion they King. Did. Jessica. 
two songs that are not even in the show. That's right. Yes. Movie. Jessica, did you see Aladdin? The, the precursor to Aladdin really was the stage show over at, at California Adventure. Right. Yes. Kind of like I the was proving ground for the that. material. And yeah. I saw it there. I had to drag my boys. My husband and my daughter had left the park. They were tired. She was much smaller at the time. I had to drag my boys, almost kicking and screaming into Aladdin because all they knew of Aladdin was Jasmine. It, it's for girls. <laughs> this is a girl's thing. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Not even and, close. <laughs> and so, but by the end of it, they were in it. They loved it. So I'm hoping maybe Guy Ritchie does, because Guy Ritchie right now is tapped to direct the live action movie. I'm hoping he can take some of what did work in the stage show and and bring that. But what works with the stage show on Aladdin, I'm not sure is going to work so well in movie form. And that is that the genie has topical humor. Yes. Meaning whatever was funny in 2012 or 2011 is not necessarily funny today and what's funny today they hadn't even heard of in 2012 whether mm-hmm. it's a political job or something pop culture references things like that so the topical humor that the genie i think relies on in the live performances i don't think that's going to translate into the movie no probably not into the live action movie it, yep. it's going to have to be more classic comedy robin williams style and yep. Yep. alas there was only one Robin and that's Williams. similar to the one they had on the fantasy too. They had Aladdin the show on right. the stage on fantasy as well. Mm-hmm. The, I'm not the, sure the, if that's there anymore, but it was the last time I was on it. That the last time I was on the fantasy was 2014. Okay, but I, I think the. The costuming and I think some the writing was more spot on at the California Adventure show than it was. My, my kids did not enjoy the Aladdin parts, the genie, the genie on board as much as they enjoyed the genie in California. So you know, um, there are different shows, different writing, but I think it, it's going to have to be a more classic type comedy. Performance. Yeah, I, I would agree. Once you've had Robin Williams, where do you go? That's my concern with this. And and I don't I want Jafar to be bad, but Jafar can easily go over the top. Like in the in the Broadway performances, Jafar's almost comical. Like yes. he puts in these comical jibes. Oh, without a doubt. And I don't like that. I, I'd rather him be evil. See, I, I don't want to laugh with Jafar. I want to hate Jafar. See, I <laughs> I I like the bad guys better in most movies. Shocker there. I think you could get you need to have Jafar and Iago need to be exactly how they were in the animated film like flipping exactly like get Gilbert Godfrey to voice him again because <laughs> I laugh and I've seen that movie a hundred thousand times and, and can recite most of it I still laugh like from my gut anytime Iago is on the screen those lines just freaking cracked me up the whole thing the whole thing love it well, if we want to backtrack a little, right after The Little Mermaid, the next one slated is the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs remake. What was it called? Something about an apple. Red apple, something the about apple an dump- apple. apple dumpling gang? Yeah, that's what we're going to call it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a working red title. Something. Red. Rose Red, Snow White. Rose Red. Red, red Rum. It's actually yeah. later on my list. I have it's it as eight on this actually list. actually number 13 on mine. I've got it as number eight. You know... You guys got to get you your lists you in sync here. <laughs> yeah. You I, well, yours well, has 18. We mine have... has 23. So. Mine has, yeah. It's all true. It has to be. It's on the internet. To be determined. So if it's a to be determined date, who knows what yeah, order Disney actually wants to put them in. I have mixed feelings about touching Snow White as the first Disney movie, but yeah, go for it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know where else you could take We've that. we pillaged through everything else. I know. You know? There's... Nothing's sacred. No, clearly the not. Disney canon. Clearly and not. Then going back to our difficulties with, you know, getting excited about the Jungle Book, The Lion King is also slated for its... And it's fast-tracked. I am, I am excited about John Favre being the director. He also was, you know, directed Jungle Book. So at least he's got experience with directing CGI animals. 
So <laughs> I, I think that being on his resume is a plus. Um. <laughs> so is the live action Lion King just going to be pretty much Hamlet? Nope. <laughs> Hamlet. Um, <laughs> right. You know, he has daddy issues. <laughs> yeah, they, they even said that they're stretching the. Uh, they're stretching the definition of live action considering there are zero humans in the film and it's unlikely <laughs> Disney will use real animals <laughs> because they'll CGI everything. So wouldn't this really be a CGI remake? Pretty much. Which is basically just a different kind of animation. It right. is. I mean, I'm not I'm not knocking CGI at no, all. Because it, but I think it is. It's... it's its own art form. Oh, no Absolutely. doubt. No doubt. And it's, and it's done really well. I mean, not... But we're calling it live. Well, what else are they supposed to call it? CGI, CGI action doesn't really have the uh, same kick. I know, right? Yeah, of course not. <laughs> live action film. I'm most apprehensive about that one, really. Lion King is my childhood right there. It's kind of perfect talking... the way it is. I mean, it's perfect. It really doesn't need yeah. to be messed with. And our brains are already trained from a very young age, trained by Disney, no doubt, to accept talking animals in animated form. Right. Nobody has yes. a problem dispelling disbelief and believing that Simba and Nala really have a conversation or that Timon and Pumbaa <laughs> actually sing songs in Swahili. You know, we don't have a problem with that, but when you put a furry critter in front of me and you make it talk, my brain is sending off signals. This is not this is weird. Right. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to have to have something that's going to immerse me that's going to really make me suspend that disbelief. And John Favreau might be the guy to do it. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, like I'll keep an open mind, but I'm but, most apprehensive about that well, one. Well, it's going to sure. be the story. It's going to be the story that's going to have to yeah. keep you in it. And then you'll kind of forget about what is actually happening in front of you that it is CGI animals talking to you that are going to be more life <laughs> more lifelike than when they you know impose mouths on on dogs for stupid crap on the internet that people make up on their own computers you know what i mean it's it's going to But be... i think this has to go back to the point i made earlier what what is the purpose what are they going to add that they couldn't have already I've done i've heard in... they were going to take a go more in depth with the scar Mufasa story and that was one thing I heard so we, we okay. learn a little bit more about that dynamic I won't say that that's the focus but we will learn more about that dynamic hmm. yeah um, so there's an article I just found that talks about the five things that John Favreau needs to make sure the Lion King movie does one <laughs> is show Simba's teenage years because you know he just kind of hops from being Akuna Matata to, a cub that little to being an adult drink. lion yeah <laughs> Uh, define Timon and Pumbaa's character motivation more clearly. The reboot needs to be darker. Uh, rework some of the songs. And then they've got really long descriptions about all this, but I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> Explain why Scar doesn't just kill Simba after the stampede. Well, duh, because the movie would have ended, but... <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, still it's has some monologuing, I mean... Too. Yeah, he's got monologuing, but you've got there, there was some brilliant casting and some questionable casting on the original Lion King. But come on, Jeremy Irons, how do you oh. stop oh, Jeremy flipping Irons? My well, opinion, they could just have him back, and I'd be okay with that. Please yeah. come I would back, too. Jeremy Irons. I'm going to pray to the Disney gods on that one. That's um, right. <laughs> we need to start that hashtag. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Please have Jeremy Irons. Because I, I think it's, and I, I did like James Earl Jones as Mufasa. Oh, yeah, I mean, that, again, this is CNN. The booming <laughs> voice in the sky. You gotta have. It's gotta be. You know, it, it's James Darth Earl Vader. Jones. How, That's right. How could you not? And honestly, I think there, there's enough charismatic children actors, child actors out there that they'll find a a good young Simba. But yeah. it, it, it's casting. Casting is going to be a big deal when there's no characters, there's no humans, or you know, even real animals, the, the voices are going to have to carry these performances. Oh, no doubt. So that's going to be tricky. Yeah, definitely. I would say so. Yeah, mm. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess cautiously optimistic is the right 
way to look at it. I mean, some people are all in on these things and, and they love it and they think it's the greatest thing, and that's fine. I mean, everybody's entitled to their, their opinion. Uh, I tend to, I tend to have a knee-jerk reaction to most of this stuff first, and and you know, jump on the, on the bandwagons with all the, let's make fun of this before we know what the hell's going on, just because it's fun to do and. I enjoy busting chops, so it's... You and know. you're just like, oh, another one. Why are they doing this again? Right. But then you're like, well, wait a minute. And then, I like the director. It's been pretty good, yeah. Emma Stone is Corella Bill. I'm on board with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, Who's, is that the Harry I've Potter girl? Having... No, she's... No. Um, no. She was yeah. No, that's Belle. That's <laughs> Belle, Hermione Granger, which is Emma. Emma Watson, different Emma. Oh. Oh, I get those confused. Wow. <laughs> Emma Stone, she was super. Uh, Easy A. Yeah, Easy yeah. A. Oh, gosh. She's fantastic. I don't know. I don't you know. I love is. her. She's graduate. my husband's girl crush. She was in The Help. Gotcha. Yep. In The Help? I the, didn't see that. She was the writer. Oh, okay. The Help. okay. She played the writer. Um, she wasn't the writer of, she was the writer in. Oh, that's an intellectual movie, though, isn't it? You gotta think. You don't have to have smarticle particles to enjoy that movie. (laughs) Very good movie. (laughs) But Emma Stone as Crudeville, I'm on board with as long as you know Ryan Gosling isn't Roger and they try to create a love story there. Um, (laughs) Because every time you put Ryan Gosling in an Emma Stone movie, they've got to get together. That's just the law. (laughs) It's happened a time or two. But I think Ryan Gosling would actually be a very good Roger. He kind of looks like it has that dopey look to it. Cute and adorable, but cute, adorable, and, you know, slightly dopey. I, I enjoy Ryan Gosling, but I, I think he'd be a good, I think he'd be a good Roger. I don't know. But, but that would be a twist if Corella and Roger formed a kind of a a love interest and maybe Roger scorned her. And she got evil, and then Roger liked Dalmatians, so she started hating Dalmatians. Now we know the rest of the There you go. Melanie figured it out. I figured it out. Figured it out. You don't even need to go to the movie anymore. There's one less less I don't have to watch. I'm a little concerned about the screenwriters they picked, though. Uh Uh-oh. So the screenwriters, the four credited screenwriters, worked on her, Spectre, Annie and Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, <laughs> no. Never mind, my story was better than anything they'll come up with. Yeah, that sounds like four crappy movies. Oh. And Annie was already written and done, and yeah. they still messed it up. Yeah. Like, no, you're happened. right. There's been more horrible renditions of Annie than good ones. Yeah. Sorry, uh, thought I had to toss that little tidbit in there. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah. There we go. We can just go with my version and put it on YouTube. There you go. <laughs> we'll we'll act we'll act it out. We'll Skype it. And then Roger we'll, 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 the Roger and Cruella breakup scene. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and she wants to steal all his puppies because oh. apparently Roger got the dogs in the breakup. That's right. What? What other ones do we have coming? Did somebody mention Little Mermaid? We did. Yes, because. Um, well, at least that one has people in it. Talk about that way. And, <laughs> and credentialed writers. And who doesn't love a good mermaid story? You know, fish people. I'm down with the mermaids. Les poissons. Les poissons. That's right. Who's going to play the chef? That's what I really need to know. Dom Delis. That's the important question. I think they should just get the Swedish chef from the Muppets. (laughs) 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 That's great. A Muppet version of Little Mermaid. There we go. Hey, they did the Muppets Wizard of Oz. They could definitely. I know. And they did. And they did. uh, Treasure Island. Treasure Island. Screw. Or Scrooge. Yeah, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Uh-huh. Christmas Carol. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Sorry. So there. <laughs> What's our next movie we're going to either enjoy or tear apart? Depending on our mood. Okay, I have so Peter, Peter Pan, Pan next on my list. Yeah, Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Can I talk about those together? Because they're yeah. not together. They're separate. And there's actually people in those. Not animals. 
Always helpful. Always helpful. Well, I, you know, know I, well, Nana is a dog. There will, be, there will be animals. Eh, dog is irrelevant in that movie. <laughs> oh. Nana. The dog is not, the dog is not irrelevant in that movie. Oh, you just you went there. I did. Well, there's there's a long story behind my uh, Nana. Stuff about oh. Nana. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not knocking the dog. I just it's I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> had one job. We actually did the musical and I was the crocodile and for one night I was also the understudy for Nana. <laughs> so there's a special place in your heart. And then you betcha. <laughs> no, whenever I think live action Peter Pan, I either think about Hook, so we go back to Robin Williams. Yep. Right. Or like that terrible one that came out a couple of years ago or a few years ago with Jason Pan. Isaacs. Oh, Pan. Pan. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Um. I didn't see it. I worked at a movie rental place at the time. Nice. So I saw the trailer a lot. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> it was horrible. It looked it. Oh, but it's hard to beat Hook. But Hook That's was awesome. Hook is fantastic. Rufio! But again, that wasn't done by Disney. No, it wasn't no, Disney. It was Touchstone. It was actually Universal. Oh, it was Universal? Something. Yeah, one of Universal's Oh, but companies. come on. You can't beat Christopher Walken's Captain Hook. Oh, you're talking about the NBC one they did. Uh, <laughs> Not Disney, was, but still. That was very odd. That was hard to watch. I, I tried to watch a lot of that. That was cringeworthy. That was hard yes, to watch. And I like Christopher sure. Walken, but that well, was... Well, I adore him when edited properly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, live, not live, so Live, not so much. Not and, so much. Yeah, I don't know. And I, with it going live, are we going with the live version, the, the theatrical tradition of casting a woman in the role? Are we going with the cinematic tradition of casting a guy? Where are we going with it? I'd be fine either way. I don't have a preference, I, I don't think. Too. I really don't think I have a preference of... of it's more of a curiosity thing for me. Yeah. I, I want to know which way they're going to go with it because... I no, think we... that that one I'd be very. I think out of all of them that we've talked about so far, that one interests me the most because I think the story could probably be done in a number of different ways. It could be taken more from the grown-up aspect, which would be the Wendy mm -hmm. aspect of it, and not understanding all of it, and which I can't. I think is kind of how Disney's version is, and and Pan trying to convince her, and and then you have in the hook version of it like they touch on a little bit of history of 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 Wendy and who she uh -huh. was in relation and then you have throwing the Tinkerbell one into the mix if you've watched the Tinkerbell movies which I have multiple times just because of my kids <laughs> and I'm I, I know. and honestly oh. I, I, I'm not going to lie I I do like most of them I do like. I think they're done really well, and and I they actually I, are pretty cute. I enjoyed hey, the, the pirate fairy one was good. Pirate fairy one was, that's where I was leaning towards because that mm -hmm. one leaves you like they need to make another one because I gotta know now like what turn like obviously that other little fairy whatever that 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 got mad about the the blue dust and and the and the fairies all went to save her obviously she pissed hook off you got the little baby crocodile in there i need the next chapter of that i need the development and tom hiddleston was hook yes like come on now they need to tie that all together oh, oh my, my daughter's a teenager now i'm not seeing these as regularly as i used to be i think the never beast was the last one Listen, that she was interested in i was gonna bring that up because that's the first one my littlest was four now saw was when the never beast came out and i think he was two or something at the time he was obsessed uh -huh. with that never beast with with the never beast gruff uh, we like the never beast but yeah then she i like just the never beast magically too. outgrew it unlike peter pan my daughter did outgrow it so, i like the um, never beast the first time i saw that movie I I was in I had tears coming from my eyes almost like if you watched the beginning of Up. My mother's turns and my mother's turning and looking at me like I'm like ma come on it's you kidding so me good. you can't let the thing die <laughs> you can't I'm like my wife's shaking her head she's like what is but, wrong with you I said so I'm there's, sorry there's said, a lot of ways there's a lot of good source material and obviously a history of good writing for these characters that are apart from the original classic movie. Yep. 
so I, I hope they continue with that path that, you know, they, they continue with what works using the creative talent that they really have secured there. Because sometimes when you get something like this, where there's remakes and sequels, it, it begins to dilute. And it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be that case, the, the case with Tinkerbell, where a lot of them, even though they never make it, they, they go straight to DVD or straight to the Disney Channel. A lot of them could be theatrical releases. Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And to play on your point about characters, I think more than the storyline, which is recognizable, I think the characters are recognizable to people because that's what draws you. You know, what's your favorite character and whoever your favorite mm-hmm. character is. You like that character not because of the story. You like them because of the character traits and how the character is. So I think that is almost more important than what the than the story being familiar, the character being the character. You can't have, say, Peter Pan be be a, or he's a bad example because Peter Pan kind of only is Peter Pan. Like in some of these other movies, like say The Lion King, you can't have Mufasa and Simba be like a one eighty from what they really are, and and Simba behind the scenes be really mean to Scar for no apparent reason, just because Simba mm-hmm. was the king and Scar is his brother and he's the younger brother or whatever, and he just ignores him to ignore him like you got to take what was already laid out in front of you and either build on that or or keep it you know 90 percent true and obviously it has to be uh adjusted to whatever your story is but the characters still need the foundation of the character needs to be what is transitioned into these newer films that that's my that's what i think otherwise then you're gonna to me you lose the audience especially to people who know the classic films as well as most Disney fans do and most children. Adults may be able to read through it and, and work through it, but you're going to lose the kids when, when it's mm-hmm. when, when Mufasa isn't Mufasa and Simba isn't Simba and even like supporting characters, T-Bone and Pumbaa or, you know, even in Mulan, you know, if they do a thing where, where they have a Mushu type character, they have to be at least the essence and, and the, they have to have the bones of that character and then build upon that. Because if they're too unrecognizable just to get a different story across or a little bit of a darker twist on it, that's where people are going to lose interest, in in my opinion. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's, that's, that's what would do it for me, I think. No, I agree. All right. Now, we, we do know that Beauty and the Beast tapped a lot of our favorite Game of Thrones talent. We're going to move on to uh, an under... Rated one that I grew up with movie, The Sword in the Stone. Yay! I I love that love movie. The Sword in the Stone. Brian Cogman has been tapped to as a writer, as one of the as the lead writer. Oh, nice. Um, he, he it is has written and produced for Game of Thrones. So. Nice. I think the source material is good. It's underrated, which means it's not overexposed. It's not no, not at all. Other than other than the anvil and the sword, you don't see it in the parks. No. Um, I guarantee you, most people don't even know the the storyline for that movie. I remember the, the sword of the stone is is important to me because the very first summer that I had the Disney Channel, and this is going back to the mid eighties, they had the movie of the month mm-hmm. throughout summer. Yep. One month it was Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. One month it was Robin Hood. And one month it was Sword in the Stone. And that was the, those were the three big movies of summer. And they would play them over and over, kind of like they do with shows today. They play them over and over. <laughs> but I loved it. Every time I saw Sword in the Stone on the Disney Channel, I was there. And it was back when Disney Channel was a pay channel. So it didn't have commercials. Yep. Fantastic. So I love Sword and Stone. It's got a very special place in my heart. And knowing that they have tapped Game of Thrones talent mm. to, you know, to start molding this into a movie that, that makes me feel good. And, and I think a Game of Thrones type writer is a good fit for this material. I mean, you're talking Camelot, King Arthur, that kind of vibe. And it can, it, it does mix the dark and the light very well. And they, they do that on Game of Thrones. And I think that this one's got potential. Oh, as man. much as I really want to just 
poo-poo on all of these remakes. I'm kind of excited about something in each of them. And I think this is this one has they've got my attention here. That this was a good call. Yeah, I'd I, I'm say paying so. attention. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I want to see the casting because the cast it's not not in the original movie. It's not anybody that anyone would recognize now. So right. there, it's like open. You know, it's an open field. It, it, you, they could cast anybody in many of those roles. You know, and I, I'd love to see who they tap for Wart and Merlin and what they do with the owl. Archimedes. And marvelous <laughs> Mad Archimedes and marvelous Mad Madam Mim. Mad Madam Mim. Oh, she's awesome. I she's love fabulous. That movie. That who movie was the is one who hysterical. played Billy Crystal's wife in um, Carol Kane. The Princess Bride? Yes. Carol Kane. Carol Kane. Yeah. That's exactly yes. who I was thinking of. I think she would be a fantastic marvelous Mad Madam. Absolutely. Mim. So if the Disney gods are listening, that's my one request. Uh, the, prince, the Princess Bride. Isn't it time for that to be on te- television in like constant rotation? Doesn't that always come Isn't out holiday time, for, time? I'm just, shh, because if, if we talk too much about the Princess Bride in this particular podcast, somebody is going to want to make a remake of that. Exactly. No. <laughs> nope. We talked about perfection. I'll, I'll No. I'll have somebody kidnapped if that happens. There, there, nobody oh, can God. touch. Nobody can touch that movie. You kidding me? Um, Inconceivable to ever think of a remake for that. <laughs> Jeez, now you're just getting ridiculous. I know it. I'm the one that drinks on this podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> while we're talking ridiculous, Chippendale. Stop. Okay. Don't yeah. even say anything else. Don't even say anything. Can we just? No. Say that they've already made the chip Alvin and the Chipmunks. Do we really need to go there? No. And I hate those movies. Oh. Oh. That just that's one that I'm <clears throat> I'm bracing for. What was that show? I guess it was in the nineties that they were on. With the Rescue Rangers? Yes. Rescue Rangers. I yeah. used to watch that. I used to watch it. That was part of the Disney afternoon. Gummy Bears, DuckTales, yes. Rescue Rangers, and Tailspin. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's so all I can think. Are we going to be Chippendale Rescue Rangers, or are we going to be Chippendale trying to antagonize Donald Duck? I mean, where are we going here? Either way, right? Either way, just don't um, do it. Make it a cartoon. Right. Then make a cartoon of them. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind just an animated feature. Yeah, an old school, like, like hand-drawn animation, like Disney animation, not Pixar CGI yeah, animation. Yeah, a throwback. Something, yes. Some such something, because they're perfect. Oh, those shorts were the best ones ever. I love the fact that mine says cast, CGI pixel number one, and CGI pixel <laughs> number two. Oh, they said that, um, the, I haven't even heard of the director but the, I, i've not read kind words about him robert I, rugan yeah have him does, does he, he done anything other than that children of the lamp thing that's never going to be released um yeah <laughs> let's see there is another also they're floating the idea of the genie from aladdin getting his own mm-hmm. and prince charming from cinderella getting his own yeah well, the princes in any of those movies have no storylines. They're just kind of there. Exactly. So, so, they're, so it's wide open for that. It's kind of wide open, yeah, I guess. Could, yeah, hopefully it's compelling because otherwise why bother? Now, um, see, they have the rose red Snow White listed on my list, and then they also have Snow White and the Seven Dwarves listed. Yeah, I saw that one, too. So it's like Snow White gets her own, hopefully not Kristen Stewart. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Gosh, that was funny. And then this list has Mary Poppins Returns, but that wasn't an animate, not really an animated film anyway. Just a reboot. Yeah. Right. But that one actually has a release date, a director, and a cast. So there's that. Yeah. That's... Now my list. I do the... love Emily Blunt. Yeah. Meryl Streep seems to be a returning figure in Disney, in the Disney lexicon these days. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, it'll be a good one. I'm looking forward to that one. Am I? I, I've, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not as intrigued by a Mary Poppins 
another Mary Poppins as I am by like the Beauty and the Beast or Sword in the Stone. Did anybody have? Did we talk about Dumbo? No. We skipped Dumbo. I know we're no. kind of skipping around. Dumbo. You said that was Tim Burton, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. I'd heard mm-hmm. I'd heard some rumblings about that one. That could be interesting. It could be interesting. I I could see that movie having a a darker twist. I mean, it's a pretty depressing movie to begin with now, yeah. but. You know the best part of that movie is is the crows and and when Timothy get and Dumbo get drunk. <laughs> whole... uh, it looks like the scripts by Aaron Kruger who wrote the script for Transformers: Age of Extinction. Oh, so it's gonna Uh-oh. suck. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's gonna suck. Robots. Just keep Michael yeah. Bay, keep Michael Bay away from it. Right. Robot <laughs> elephants. The train's gonna fly instead of the elephant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, they can ruin that. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, Pooh fan, um, so I don't care. <laughs> I don't understand that. If somebody else was trying to Winnie the... I love Winnie the Pooh. My when I was a baby, my nursery was Winnie the Pooh. My kids' nursery, so we're all Winnie the Pooh. I love Winnie yeah. the Pooh. I I just don't know, so I'm just not gonna say anything. There you go. I think the ones I'm having the most trouble with are the ones where there are no human beings yes that's exactly and, my and that's funny too i mean there's christopher robin but everything right. else is not well what about pinocchio <sighs> is he gonna turn mm. into a donkey yeah i don't know <laughs> that's that's it's, gonna be a weird one it's not one of my favorite movies either so i i don't know that i'd be it's been done though in live action form and not done well so i i think i'm hesitant yeah. because i've not been thrilled with previous attempts at doing live action Pinocchio. The I'd be interested Peter to see Hedges. what Tim Burton did with that one. <laughs> yeah, right. Peter Hedges is writing Pinocchio. He did the good dinosaur, which didn't I didn't wow see me. it. I didn't, I didn't see it. It didn't wow me. But I was just happy that Pixar was doing something original that wasn't a sequel, so right. yeah. I I was on board with it. I'm like, <laughs> hey for originality. So at least they're tapping an original Pixar writer to go there so hopefully given enough time and enough development they'll you know right it'll be in the in the fashion of a pixar story where everything is there for a reason every character has a story in fact every character has backstory every sub character has backstory (laughs) a richly developed story Story, okay there has to be something there or pinocchio is gonna fall flat on his face but right. it, I, I don't know no doubt I'm just not gonna even uh, it's kind of like Winnie the Pooh for me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know so we'll leave it at that I, I, I'm hopeful with a Pixar writer attached to it that it could go somewhere fun I, I want to see some of these go fun I don't want I, I don't want all of these to go to the dark places that some of these could potentially go because there, there's an element of darkness in almost all of these stories. Oh, sure, I, I absolutely. See some of them, I don't mind some of them going to the dark side because it does make them more adult. It takes a story that our kids like as kids, and now that they're teenagers, they can really they they still connect with those stories. But I don't want them all to go to dark places. Or I, I want to see some fun, some lighthearted. Oh, and, and maybe definitely. that's what I mean. Maybe that's what where Winnie the Pooh will come in, and that's where Pinocchio will come in. And right. I. I can't see Chippendale serving that purpose. I just can't. No, well, I, I mean... Chippendale is the one that I think just needs to be eradicated from the list. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just not necessary. It's t- It's not necessary. <laughs> leave, <laughs> leave the classic characters alone. They don't... None of them need to be live-actioned. Yeah. You know, some things just are better remained in animated form. Yeah, I agree with you on the dark stuff. I think... You know, ones like Aladdin and A Little Mermaid. There's no reason for any of those to take any sort of a darker turn. You could make some of the evil characters a little darker, but the story itself doesn't have to go down that road. I mean, you can definitely make Ursula a lot more evil and wicked than she kind of already is. Same thing with Jafar, but I don't think there's any reason to take move the whole story towards a darker, a darker turn. Right. You know, the Lion King, you may be able to get away with it just because... You know, it's pretty heavy as it is when you think about it and when kids get older and they realize what's actually happening in that in that scene and what and what's going on and that can be 
definitely taken to another level if if necessary. I mean, or Maleficent's wanted. pretty dark. And Maleficent is very dark if you think about and what the happens. The trailers for Beauty and the Beast look very dark. I'm sure in the opening. I'm sure, you I'm know, sure there's going to be a few musical numbers that'll be, you know, nice. You know, the library scene. I'm sure it'll be nice and bright. They got to have the dancing scene, you know, with the song Beauty and the Beast. I would imagine. Um, it sounds like, you know, yeah, whoever the, the Gaston character... Well, they don't have to, but they show that in the trailer, right? They show them dancing in the ballroom. Oh, yeah. That, that's the money shot. That was one of the first... And the winter scene, too. Well, that in you know, the, the shot with the ballroom was one of the very first computer... It seems completely animated by computers back oh, in yeah. the, you know, in the early early 1990s when yep. point and click was still a foreign concept to most people yep well the so scene the, yeah that and the scene in aladdin when he's trying to escape out of the cave of wonders when he's on the magic carpet mm-hmm. which if you watch right. that film now you can totally tell because it's not very seamless it doesn't flow very well you can totally tell the lava right. and him flying around you can see the the differentiation but it was that that brand new technology that yep. made us forgive all of that oh so. yeah well, absolutely well now you're spoiled <laughs> by it like, can't wow. even tell the difference oh, now we've been totally spoiled by all of that can't but, even tell the difference so we'll see i i, I am cautiously optimistic about yep. most of them i am super excited about a couple of them and i am i'm having stomach aches over a couple of them so i think we have a bell <laughs> curve going i think we have a healthy bell curve I think so Sounds too. Good. And all we can do is wait and see. And I'm sure as as we hear more on this, we can definitely revisit this early in next year once once we know what's going on. But all I know is tickets went on sale for Rogue One today. Where and there's only one theater in my area that's playing it on the Thursday night in IMAX, and it's a ten o'clock at night showing. So. Wow. It looks like our Ooh. my wife and I's streak is over of seeing all the new Star Wars movies on their opening night because there ain't nobody coming to my house to watch my kids at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> Aww. I would if I wasn't going to Disney World the next day. On a school night, <laughs> so we'll have to wait for the weekend to catch that one, which is not a big deal. But the opening night thing was fun. We had gone to see all the other ones on opening nights for the late showing, so... Geeky we are. Geeky we are. That's we sure. are at that. <laughs> we embrace it around here. No doubt. All right. Well, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. That was uh, great opinions and points all the way around. That was very good. I, I enjoyed that conversation. I enjoyed hearing everybody's. I was surprised we were as positive as we were about all of this. <laughs> well, I won't lie. I thought we were going to tear some stuff apart. <laughs> well, we could have. Let's wait and see. We'll we'll save that for the review shows after some of them come out. <laughs> there we go. All righty. We could be nasty. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Diz Explorer's gone rogue. <laughs> rogue one. Rogue one. All right. In theaters coming up. <laughs> coming soon. That's right. Coming I'm soon to a theater to a podcast near you. <laughs> yes. All right, gang. Well, that's this is a good place to wrap it up for for this one, big number 30. So, once again, we thank everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can head on over to dizexplorers.com and find links to all our other social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, And also you can find links to all of us troopers for our personal accounts. We like to continue the conversation, so let us know. What do you guys, what does everybody think about all these new live action films? We'd love to continue the conversation on any of those social media formats. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the downloads. Our numbers are, we're doing great. Our numbers are, are very steady and we appreciate that very much. We like the fact that people are going back and, listening to early episodes getting us getting to know us a little better and so very good we appreciate the uh, feedback on twitter there are definitely a few f- of our favorite listeners that that reach out to us every week or at least every couple times a month to say that they're listening and that's awesome to get feedback that way uh, in in any way shape or form so thank you thank you to all of you and thank you to all of you who don't reach out and and give us uh, the feedback we know many people just like to listen and move on with their day and and don't 
do the review thing, and that's fine too. As long as you're listening, that's all we and enjoying it, then then our job is done, and and we're happy troopers. So, thank you all, and we'll talk to everybody next week. <laughs>